Amen. And that was good singing. Now we're turning this evening to the letter to the Colossians, Paul's letter to the Colossians and the third chapter, Colossians chapter 3. And we did look very briefly at this chapter last Tuesday night. And last Tuesday night we were affected by the snow and thankfully the snow has gone and today it was almost like the summer had returned again but I think it's only here for a short time and then it's to get colder. But we're thankful tonight that we're able to gather into God's house and last Tuesday night I just gave a brief outline of Colossians chapter 3. And tonight I want to return to it. And so Colossians 3 and the verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Amen. We'll end there at verse 11. May the Lord bless his word to each of our hearts this evening. Well, from last Tuesday night, you may recall that we're going to deal with the opening section of chapter 3, which is the first four verses of the chapter. And that's speaking to us about the seeking of the Christian. And if you look there just at verse 1, to use it by way of introduction, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Seek those things which are above. And so we have said that the opening four verses of this chapter have to do with the seeking of, of the Christian. And by way of an overview, last Tuesday night we mentioned that from verse 5 down to the verse 9, you have the slaying of the Christian, some of those things which the Christian has to put to death 
And that's what the word in verse 5, mortify, means. And then from verse 10 through to verse 12, there's the strengthening of the Christian. And then from verse 13 and following down the chapter, you have the submission of the Christian. And so we hope to come to each of those subjects in turn. But we're starting out tonight with the seeking, the seeking of the Christian. And it speaks to us here in the very first verse, in the opening line, about those who are risen with Christ. It actually starts with the word if. If ye then be risen with Christ. And if we were in the gospel meeting and we were wanting to apply the gospel, we could emphasize that word if. If ye then be risen with Christ. Thank God tonight in the prayer meeting, we can all look to that time when we were risen with Christ. That time when we were raised up from the deadness of our sins to that newness of life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we each tonight have that testimony. You remember from Ephesians, the chapter 2 and the verse 1, and the apostle wrote to the Ephesians and said, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and in sins. And there was that time in each of our lives when we were dead. We were dead spiritually, and we were dead in trespasses and in sins. And you hath he quickened. And that word quickened, it means to be made alive. And thank God the work of the Spirit and that uh, principle of life was implanted into each one of our hearts. And we were raised up. Raised up from the deadness of our sins. We were quickened. We were made alive. And Paul's writing to these believers at Colossae who have been made alive. And he says, If ye then be risen with Christ, and thank God that we are alive in Christ tonight. Thank God that we have that spiritual life within our hearts and we can know day by day that fellowship with the Lord and that communion with him. And Paul is speaking here to the believer, those who can look to that time in their lives when they were raised up and they've got that life in Christ. And they're to be seeking Christians. Of course, the Lord said in Matthew 6 and verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. And the apostle Paul here is speaking about that seeking. And for those who were raised up with the Lord, they're to seek as we think about that seeking of the Christian tonight, I want just to leave a few brief points before you about that life, that life of seeking. It's a life that is a heavenly life, a heavenly life. Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God and the thought there is of heaven. It's a heavenly life. 
And we're to seek those things which are above. If you think about the direction here, it has to be an upward direction. The psalmist spoke about that upward direction. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. Seek those things. Those things which are above That's what verse 1 refers to. And again, it it speaks in verse 2 about those things above. Set your affection on things above. And it brings us there to think with the double mention of things above. What things above? Thank God we can think into heaven. Think about the peace. Think about the majesty the royalty, the glory. Think about the righteousness. Think about the will of God being done perfectly there in heaven. Thinking about one day we shall be in that very place, but our hearts here are to be drawn heavenward. And if we are risen with Christ, we have to seek those things which are above. Even while we're here below Whenever Paul wrote to the Philippians, and he said there in Philippians chapter 4 and the verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And so the Apostle Paul wanted to direct the Philippians there to to think on such things. To train the mind to think about those things. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And it's a similar exhortation from Paul to the Colossians Uh, Seek those things which are above. Seek the things of God, those heavenly things. There are many parallels between Colossians and Ephesians. And in Ephesians chapter 1 and the verse 3, the apostle there said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In heavenly places in Christ. There's the believer being risen in Christ and they're seeking those things which are above and we're ascending as it were the hill of the Lord and we're being taken right up into heavenly places in the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we're to live with Eternity's values in view. To live with that heavenly and that eternal perspective on things. Not to be so taken up with this old world and the temporal things of this world. No, we're to be, we're to be lifted higher. And sometimes we would even pray that to the Lord, that the Lord would lift us higher and from the carnal mind he would set us free and he would fill us with refining fire and he would give us perfect liberty and we want to go higher with the Lord. 
That's the heavenly life. The higher we go, the things of earth become all the smaller. I'm sure most, if not every one of us, would have been in an aeroplane. And whenever the aeroplane takes off, and if you're able to see out the window and you can look down, and the higher it climbs, and the smaller things appear on the ground. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. The seeking that's asked for here is the seeking of a heavenly life and the direction there is heavenward. The location The locations referred to there in our Bible reading in Colossians 3 and the verse 1. And it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And so it's the things above and and the where, where Christ sitteth. And therefore the location is heaven itself. It's taking us to the actual place that the Lord has prepared for his people and for those that love him. And it's the place where Jesus is. The hymn writer said, What matters where on earth we dwell, in mountain top or in the dale, in cottage or in mansion fair, where Jesus is, tis heaven there. The presence of the Lord Jesus Christ The Lord is in heaven. That's the location. That's our destiny. And the Lord is there. And even when he was upon this earth, in John 17, in his great high priestly prayer, he prayed for his people. And he prayed that they might be with me where I am. And as the Lord was going home to glory, He prays that every one of his people will be with him where he is. And every time a child of God passes from this time out into eternity, that prayer is being answered, that they might be with me where I am. Loved ones tonight that have gone on before, they're with the Lord. They're in their eternal glory. The Lord Jesus Christ's prayer is being answered. That's the location. It's where Jesus is, the place he has prepared for his people. Then the position there of the Lord. It says where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. The Lord Jesus Christ who's there in the glory, he's seated in the glory. Our great high priest who is seated The Old Testament high priest could never sit down. The work of the Old Testament priest was never done. Oh, they had to minister in the tabernacle. They had to go in once a year to the holiest of all, the holy of holies. And there would have been furniture there in the tabernacle and you could study out all of the furniture, but you'll never find a chair Because when the high priest went in to make atonement for the people, he did not sit down. But in Hebrews chapter 10, 
It speaks about the Old Testament priesthood and it speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Hebrews 10 and the verse 11, it says, And every priest standeth daily. And we can put the emphasis on that. They're standing. Standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down on the right hand of God. And that position of Christ in the glory, sitting down, it's to indicate that his work is finished. His work is complete. His sacrifice is a never-to-be-repeated sacrifice. It's a once-for-all and a final sacrifice. And this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down. Thank God tonight we rest upon the finished work of Christ. Thus we're seeking those things which are above, it's where Christ sitteth. And he's on the right hand of God. The position of the right hand speaks about authority. It's the right hand of power. Being seated on the right hand, it speaks of honor. The one who is seated at the right hand is given that place of honor. And the highest place that heaven affords is his by sovereign right. The royal diadem adorns the Saviour's brow as he's there seated upon the throne in the glory. And you see, our hearts should be drawn heavenward because that's where Christ is, our Saviour. A heavenly people. There was a saying that you don't hear it so much today, but used to be quoted often. You can be so heavenly minded You're no earthly good. I'm glad we don't hear it so often because it's wrong. It's only the heavenly minded are of any earthly good. Philip Melanchthon, who was so friendly with Martin Luther, but Philip Melanchthon, he came to his deathbed and he was asked on his deathbed, is there anything that you need? And his reply was, nothing but heaven. Nothing but heaven. What a hope that is for the child of God. And so in this seeking, it is a heavenly life. But I want you to notice from our Bible reading those opening verses of Colossians 3, it's not only a heavenly life, but it's a holy life. It's a holy life. Verse 2 says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. You could say, well, it's much of a repetition of what verse 1 has already said, but here it's actually referring to the heart because it's speaking about our affections. It has to do with the heart, and the battle is ever on for the heart. And the seeking involves a setting, a setting of our affections. 
And that word set there would require effort. It would require a determination. It's not just going to happen. We have to actually set our affections on things above. The setting of the heart. The setting of the heart's affections. We know perhaps what that is naturally. If we have a partner in life, maybe a husband or wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and we could say that they've stolen our hearts, they've taken our heart's affection. And we could perhaps be separated from them by many miles. Maybe one has had to travel away. But their heart will still be with their loved one. They will still have their heart's affection, even though they could be separated by many miles. You see, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so, we could say we're upon this earth, but our heart is in heaven, because that's where the Lord Jesus Christ is. And if we're going to set our affection upon things above, then our hearts will be drawn to our Lord and Savior. Isn't it Philippians where it tells us that our conversation is in heaven? And that word conversation is the word citizenship. We're citizens of heaven and our hearts are in heaven because that's where our Savior is, the one who loved us and the one to whom we love. And we need to set the affections of our heart in the heavenward direction. And that will result in holiness of life. If we're seeking the things that are above and we're setting our affection upon things that are above, well, it's going to have an effect upon our lives. It will result in holiness of life. You see, that's why in verse 2, It finishes in verse 2 by saying, not on things on the earth. We would have said maybe it would be enough just to say, set your affection on things above. But the apostle under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit adds this, not on things on the earth. Because it's so easy for that to happen. The devil can lure us. The devil can tempt us. The devil is ever after our hearts and wanting to turn our affections away from the things above and away from the Lord who's in heaven and get them upon the things on this earth. Whenever Paul wrote to Timothy, he warned Timothy about it in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and the verse 4. And he says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And as Paul was saying to Timothy, the Lord has chosen you. You're a soldier of the Lord. You're going to be a minister of the gospel. Don't be getting entangled with the affairs of this life. Now we live in this world. We're in the world, but we're not off the world. And we're to hold loose with the things of this world. 
Don't let the devil get the things of this world uh, so uh, in front of us that we would be entangled with those things. No, we want to realize that we're passing through this world and we're on our way home to glory. And while we can seek to forward the gospel in this world and while we can seek to stand for that which is true and right and just and honest and we want to see a God-fearing society and we want to pray for all that are in authority but don't be getting entangled to such a degree that it has taken our heart away from the Lord. We have to seek first the kingdom of God. In verse 3 there, where we have been reading in Colossians 3, it says, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. That's, that's the believer. In holiness of life, our, our lives are hid with Christ and God. And really that third verse is referring to our security in the Lord. That the life being hid is a life like a hidden treasure. It's buried there as it were, out of sight, but it's safe and it's secure there. In John 10, the Lord said of his sheep in verse 28, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man be able to pluck them out of my hand. We picture ourselves tonight as being in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on in John chapter 10 there to say, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And so we're in the Lord's hand, and then it's as if the Father's hand comes around again, and we're in the Father's hand. And we're doubly secure there. We're shut in for all eternity to the Lord Jesus Christ. And our lives are hid with Christ and God. We're united to him for all eternity. We will see further something of this holy life when we come next time to the next section where it's speaking about the slaying of the Christian and certain things that have to be put off and other things that have to be put on. And it's referring more to that practical holy life of the believer. But the seeking, the seeking of the Christian, it's a heavenly life and it's a holy life And then we say, thirdly, it's a hopeful life. Look at verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now here's the blessed hope of the Christian, that hope which reaches forward in time. And if you were to to look at those opening verses of Colossians 3, you'll see that they refer to the past, they refer to the present, and here in verse 4, they refer to the future. In the past, in verse 1, the words, risen with Christ, We've already highlighted that's the moment in time when we're born again. And we tonight can look back to the past when we were risen with Christ. 
united to him. The end of verse 3, we could say there's the present. Hid with Christ. We're hid with Christ in God. We're secure in our Lord and Savior. And then the future is ye also appear with him in glory. That's a looking forward as it has been given in chapter 1 and the verse 27 of Philippians. It says, Christ in you, or sorry, of Colossians, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And here is that glory, that when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. The believer looks forward with great expectation, with that great anticipation that the Lord will appear in glory. And when the Lord appears in glory, we're going to appear with him in glory. What a hope we have tonight. Our Christianity is not a creed. It's not a going through ceremony. Our Christianity tonight is real and living. We're in that relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we look forward with that great prospect that when he appears, we shall appear with him in glory. It's the hopeful life, the hope that is sure and the hope that is certain. And that's the life that we seek the seeking of the Christian. That's something tonight that's worth living for. And like Philip Melanchthon, it's something that's worth dying for. (coughs) Seeking the things above, setting our heart's affection, and having that satisfaction of one day will be with the Lord in the glory. May the Lord bless these thoughts to our hearts tonight and next time we'll move to that next section in Colossians chapter 3. At this point we're going to sing another hymn together.